Algar Productions. Welcome to the Death of Podcasts. I'm Al. This is Amanda. Hello. And this is Tidro. Hi, guys. And we're making our way through Terry Pratchett's Discworld series one book at a time. This month, we're discussing book 30, The We Free Men. Yeah, we are. And we're very excited to be doing so. Oh, yeah. Also, we're all doing it in one room. Yes, like professionals yeah. in a studio, in my, my home studio uh-huh. here at Algar Productions' home base. Look at all the beep boops. There's a lot of beep boops. Yeah. So, Tidro is a very old friend of ours. She's mm-hmm. uh, been on uh, the other, like, uh, pretty much all the other all projects the we've done. Yes. She voiced Galiza. Yes, that is true. <laughs> Nobody will know what that is. That's fine. Um... And uh, she has requested to join us for the first Tiffany Aching book because she's your favorite, right? Tiffany is the best. Yes, she is fantastic. Yeah, Tiffany is the best. Yep. Let me let me tell you what happens in this book and we okay. can get to it. Nine-year-old Tiffany Aching takes the first steps be- toward becoming a witch. So long. I know. I agonized over how to make that shorter. So long. We don't. Next time I can just say Tiffany does blank. Yeah. But for the first time I have to say who she is. So Ugh. that used up a lot of mm-hmm. precious words for that. Mm-hmm. I would just say witch defeats queen. I'm well. Yeah, that's better. Sh- or you could say young witch. Young witch defeats. So the, yeah, because so this know is it's very queen. Yeah. This is the first of. So some people consider this sort of a sub series or a separate. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be a young adult series, kind of like Amazing Morris, <laughs> except like good. Well, also, it's a series of them. Yeah. We're following her. There end up being five of oh them. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if Amazing Morris had been a series? No. Oh, God. No, I can't. The weirdest thing is how closely these two books were written together. That yeah. That was his attempt to write Young Adult, and so is this. That one was not very good. This one was very good. This was so good. This is, honestly, it's one of the best books so far. Like, it's not yeah. my favorite of the books so far, but it's one of the best ones. It's. It was very difficult. I think. Yeah. For do I speak for all of us saying it was hard to find a good, a bad thing rather? Correct. Yeah, my bad okay. thing was a total like. Shrug. Here's the thing that annoyed me a little. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of copped out. I just <laughs> like yeah. This is this is a thing I can talk about for a minute, but this. Yes, it's a young adult series, but also it's. It feels like all the other books to me. Yeah, it's not really more kitty than. Most of the no, books. No, there's still some adult themes, more in the later yeah. ones. Because right now she's nine, but as the story progresses, yep. she'll become a young woman and deal with things like that. But there's there's talk of sex in this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there's dick jokes in this. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's like uh, in, in England, Doctor Who is a kids show and here it's for adults like like Could english be. english children are just more advanced um, <laughs> I, even what gav I, okay no what i what i don't understand is setting it apart from the other books though but by, yeah. by its own standards it's not really less mature or yeah. more you know like it's the same as all the others it's also not in a different world or anything no. this is very clearly in the same world as yeah, everything we'll, else we'll... and our same characters okay yeah. that's what same i'm saying we'll talk about up. this in a minute yeah. that that we get some appearances from some pretty major like other discworld characters but at the beginning like the first time i read this i thought oh maybe this isn't a discworld book like maybe it's takes yeah, maybe place this is someplace his separate else. new yeah. series that's that would be fine mm-hmm. he's a good writer i'll read whatever he does I think, and I could have this wrong, but I think it was a marketing thing. Could be. Because by this point, the Harry Potter series was going strong, Mm -hmm. and Terry Pratchett was very successful, Mm -hmm. but I bet someone in the the publishing part of things said, you you could be making so much more money if you just (laughs) went for that market, specifically the Harry Potter market. Why don't you have like a young magic user learning? And I feel like there's early parts of this book talk about she's looking for a witching school. And I don't know if that's just... There are two fantasy books talking about young magic users, and that's just a coincidence. Or if it's, or a, if dig. it's a dig. Yeah. Not even a dig. Just a, a way to say, this isn't Harry Potter. This is a different thing. Well, this is better than Harry Potter in every measurable way. Okay. But I wasn't saying that. It's true. But I, am, I, wasn't saying I am saying that. that. I know. Yeah. You're, you're the yeah. one that always says, this book sucks. I hated it. And I yes. try, to, try to be a little more I diplomatic about things. I didn't uh, think every Harry Potter book sucked and I hated them, but I did hate about half of them. All and right. uh, J.K. Well, Rowling, Rowling is, yeah. yeah. Also, you're, she you're, sucks there's now. There's a hit squad out on you now. Yeah, oh, well. That's a turf hit squad. I mean, give I uh, mean... <laughs> give give Terry Pratchett credit for dying before he could become a villain, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's something. I also wonder, like, how old was his daughter when the series started? That's true, too. Yeah. Didn't he have two daughters? I don't know. I think. No he's got idea. one. He's got one who is yeah. very public with. Yeah. I think she's developing the watch series actually, yeah. but I 
thought he had two. I might be wrong about that. Oh my god, new veterinary's so hot. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. They, they... <laughs> Is this going to awaken something? <laughs> Maybe. They, they gender swapped a bunch of the supporting Hong Morpork characters in that mm-hmm. series, apparently. And they made Dibbler a lady, mm-hmm. and they made Dr. Cruz as a lady, and they made Veterinary a mm-hmm. lady, which is great. Good. Good job. I but... hate young, hot Sybil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's not great. I no. wish she wasn't young and hot. I like her being old and fat. Yeah. Yeah. But she's a person of color, so give them some credit. There. Yeah, I yeah, like you that. You could have a should matronly be, person. Of should color. be an old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They should. They have Amanda Wallard her. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know they did. <laughs> anyway, let's let's talk about this book, which is I'm amazing. Just, I'm just thinking about New Vetinari now. You guys have lost me. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the book and you catch up. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tidra, why why Tiffany? Um, she's my good thing. She's my good thing because she is self sufficient and clever and does what is right even when she doesn't want to at all mm-hmm. um sometimes not necessarily in the safest way but um like using your little brother for bait yeah this was the first the first couple of pages of the book yeah. she um, just sends her brother out there so she can catch a monster which mm-hmm. is so good yes but i mean i just like her and i sort of disagree with what you say becomes a witch i think she was i think i think she might have been born a witch i struggled with that wording yeah. i agree with you yeah it's just this is the first like she meets the witches later yes. she meets the established witches mm-hmm. later and they definitely see the potential in her but i don't know that they would call her a witch and that's why i decided ah. that i feel like in their little petty hierarchy they wouldn't let her be called a witch until a certain yeah. point. Well, Granny says that witchcraft, um, you get the test before you get the teaching. Right. And so this was Tiffany's test right. to see if she was a witch. Yeah. But as I was going back through the book to make my notes, mm-hmm. I was I, I had first thought this is the this thing, whatever mm-hmm. it was I was thinking, was the inciting incident that got mm-hmm. her started. And I was like, but it's also this, but it's also this. Like a lot of it had to do with there was an old woman in her town mm-hmm. that people thought was a witch and treated horribly and she ended up dying. Yep. And I thought that was it. And she actually says that. And that's one of the, the passages that I'd highlighted, actually. And I'm going to vamp for time right now while I look it up. Ah, here we go. So Tiffany meets this woman named Miss Tick, who is mm-hmm. sort of a, a witch finder, but not in the sense that she's going to kill them, in the sense that she's <laughs> like sort of helping to recruit them ish also witches um we've seen in the other books do better when they know other witches are watching them yes so this miss tick finds these girls who are like have the the witch potential and lets them know they're not alone and arranges training so that they don't become like so they don't start cackling and this is a common element in every like or a lot of you know young child finds their magical destiny stories it's it's pretty standard it's you're part of something bigger let me lead you into that world right and uh tiffany says to her can't you teach me what i need to know to be a witch said tiffany tell me why you still want to be a witch bearing in mind what happened to mrs snapperly so that sort of thing doesn't happen again said tiffany it was a good witchy answer yeah it was Mm -hmm. and but so i thought it could be that but then i thought it could be her realizing that her now dead grandmother granny aching was, was also basically yeah. a witch, not a witch by name, but did all the things a witch did. And then I thought maybe it was this adventure where she mm-hmm. went off and fought the queen of the elves to save her little brother. It's all to, of those. Back things. to Tidro's point, it seems like she, like they say, she's a witch in her bones, like yes. Granny, yeah. like Granny Weatherwax. Yes, she was just like Granny Weatherwax. She was born to be a witch. Yes. right. And that's that's kind of what I was getting to. Was yeah. you're correct that n- there was no one inciting incident. Those all, those things all just helped her put a name to it yes but she already had it yeah and she's just also clever and she's curious yes if, something, if she doesn't know something she will look it up right what i like about tiffany is the character of the person who's not super emotional but who like is trying to do her duty trying to do what is right without an emotional attachment to it usually that character is a bad guy yeah, sociopath. Yeah. yeah. Usually that character is, that character sucks and doesn't understand why you need to do good things. But that drives the conflict of so yeah. many Granny Weatherwax books because yeah. he knows that, the author knows that, and explores how that person can still be good. Yeah, and I, it's a nice change of pace because you don't have to be an emotional person to be a good person. 
And Tiffany is not. She's very logical and she does what needs to be done. And that's enough. Yes. You, you don't have to have depth of feeling to be a good person. The unemotional person is either the bad guy or just like a total killjoy. Like, right. Ne- never, never a main character that you like feel have any feelings for. Right. I would argue this is one of like if you had to boil all of Terry Pratchett down to like his most mm-hmm. like essential, like one of his big thesis statements of all of his books is that is right the most useful hero types are the ones that aren't soppy and don't believe the stories they they are sensible and they do the right thing and they think clearly and like all of his best protagonists are like that but they understand the story they understand the story exists and they understand like tiffany understands the narrative of you know the prince goes off to save whatever of course or the wicked old witch but she subverts it or she uses it just like granny does yes right but she never falls for it and that's that's an important thing i mean i would argue that vimes is basically the same (laughs) granny is the same like the like i say all of his best uh heroic characters are People who can look past the, oh, but you have to believe. And, mm-hmm. and this this is your quote, right, Tidro, or one of them? You had talked about uh, highlighting this. The one about believing in your dreams and oh, all yes. that sort Here of thing, yeah. which is an excellent quote. Here we go. This is one of my quotes. So, um, now, if you trust in yourself, yes, and believe in your dreams, yes, and follow your star, Mystic went on, yes. You'll still get beaten by people who spent their time working hard and learning things so they weren't and weren't so lazy. Goodbye. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean that's That's Tiffany. That's Tiffany. That's mm-hmm. a lot of that's, you know, Granny too. That's yes. you know, that's it's so a lot good. of people. And what I like is you know, you get those shitty almost always dudes mm-hmm. complaining about Mary Sue's and complaining about characters who they think don't earn being the special whatever. Right. Tiffany from the first page on earns all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, it's all show, don't tell. It's all, it's none of it is saying Tiffany is a very special girl. She's going to be, <laughs> do great things. We see her doing great things the whole time, which builds to my good thing. At the very end of the book, she meets Granny Weatherwax mm-hmm. and Granny Weatherwax treats her with a respect. She doesn't even give fucking Githa Og. Like just immediately, there's a point, and I didn't highlight this, but there's a point where uh, she presses for a little too much information and tiffany said well that's none of your business yeah and, i don't ask you your business yeah and miss tick and and nanny og Gap, you don't talk to granny weatherwax like that yeah. and granny says like you know what you're right if you want to share this information with me i would love to hear it but you're absolutely right it is none of my business and it was like wow and she earned that it's because tiffany handled all this stuff on her own. Yeah, yes. these she... witches were coming to rescue the town. Yeah. yeah, this is the cavalry marching in too late because she already solved it. Yeah. With her frying pan. Mm-hmm. But it's it's great because we've read Granny in, what, five or six books now? And mm-hmm. we know what this means. And it's a parallel between Granny Weatherwax and Granny Aching. Mm-hmm. Like, they are sort of... They're, they're not alike in, no. in like, um, how they act. But they're a similar... Like, Tiffany talks about how there are shepherding trials in the chalk. And Granny is, or Granny Aching is by far the best shepherd. So mm-hmm. she doesn't, like, she doesn't... No, they, she doesn't, it, would be a, it would be a lock every time. So yeah, she can't, she, she just, she can't. Right. <laughs> she doesn't, she doesn't enter. She's just the elder of the tribe, basically. Right, but the, she, uh, she's the one who says who won. Yes. Like, it doesn't matter. But she doesn't... She's not a judge. She doesn't climb up on the stage Mm-mm. and announce to everyone who won. She gives a little nod and they just know. And it's the same with Granny for yes. witching. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I love all of that and I love the instant respect and like I said, it's, mm-hmm. it's completely earned and oh, just so good. So good. And Tiffany already understands things that nobody around her understands that I just, I, I love all of that. And I love, there's a thread throughout the entire book. Was, was Granny Aching a witch? I mean, probably, but I don't know. And Miss Tick says, no, she definitely wasn't. And Granny Weatherax comes in, of course she was. And she Tif- was so a witch. Tiffany's talking to Miss Tick and explaining what Granny Aching did and all of that. And she, uh, she says that she's going to stay in there and argue all day. So that Granny Aching's a witch. Right. Like she's a witch 
But that's no matter what. Granny Weatherwax, as soon as she learns who she was, she's like, of course. She didn't wear a pointy hat. She yeah. didn't use the word witch, but this she is was. this is a witch. I know witches and that's a witch. And yeah. I love that. I love all of that. And I love Amanda, you point out how much Granny Aching looms over this whole story. I love all the flashbacks so much. This book is just chock full of flashbacks. And it's not just Granny Aching flashbacks, but there's it's quite mostly. a few. There's quite a few. Um, and my good thing is actually, I, I thought about reading this whole thing, but it's like six or seven fucking pages. And you guys don't want to hear that. Read the, read the book. Yeah. Uh, but there's a flashback where Granny Aching, uh, the, the Baron's Smunderling comes and says... Uh, the Baron's dog worried a sheep, like bit up a sheep and killed it. But the dog's worth $500. Like, can you do something? Also, to he's save the Baron's the dog? dog. Yeah. So I should be like the law that goes back further than writing mm-hmm. goes. We all know the law is if a dog kills a sheep, the dog dies. But right. but it's the Baron's dog and it's worth money. So can we maybe... <laughs> like, I'll give you some money if you yeah. like help us through this troubling time and it unfolds like a like a fairy tale yeah. because there's three the first guy comes and orders her to and the second one asks and then the baron comes and begs her himself yes. please yeah. please save my dog and she says okay for a word for that we'll see if we can if there's anything we can do mm-hmm. and so then she puts the dog in with um like a, a ewe that just had a lamb and the ewe kicks the shit out of the dog and the mm-hmm. dog realizes, oh, I shouldn't bite like lambs. They're dangerous. Yeah. And that saves the Baron's dog, but it also shows the Baron like these people who you think of as sheep who are you're supposed to protect and all that. Mm-hmm. They can become vicious, so mm-hmm. watch out. And remember this time we broke the law for you because it was the right thing to do. If someone comes to you in the future where you should break the law for them because it's the right thing, yeah. then Spirit do. Spirit of the law, not letter of the law. Yes. Don't be a jerk. And that comes into actual play. And... In another flashback, yeah. yeah. Yep. And it also ties into a, a joke bit about the Knack McFeagle, who we'll talk about in a second, training <laughs> Tiffany's cat to stop attacking birds it's it's because that's just a throwaway joke but then it's like wait a minute this is the same because you're encouraging that dog not to attack anymore it's the same thing it's there's so many good echoes and things tying together thematic like threads and and the story had that really mythic quality to it it like he made up a myth about this woman and it felt like something i'd read I haven't read this story, but it felt, yeah, yeah, it felt like I would crack open my old uh, fairy tale compendium and this would be there. Right. But it's not. No. Terry Pratchett made up a myth and it worked. Yep. That's impossible. It's impossible. No. This is so good. This is him at his best. This is him doing all the things we've been talking about. It does so many things as well as being mythic. It also gives us an in to Granny's character and it also lets us um, see more of Terry Pratchett's humanism. Mm -hmm. And it explains uh, Tiffany's relationship with the Baron and later with Roland, the Baron's son, Mm -hmm. and what she's going to do in the future. Like, it's it's so many things. And it does basic world building for those of us who didn't grow up in a feudal farm community who maybe don't understand how those situations work. Which... I, it sounds like a joke, but seriously, I I have a vague understanding, but a child reading this might not know how a farming community do- doesn't own their farm; they belong to the Baron and all that. Like that that sounds weird to someone now. You know, you want to you want to give them that context. Yeah, like I learned that in school, but I grew up fucking like in in a oh, house you, you in the have, suburbs. Yeah, yeah, I may have learned that in school, but yeah. it didn't stick. It's just not a thing I think about that much. Also, you don't read a lot of fantasy. I yeah. don't. Which is why I love this even more, because it gets so many of these things across. It's a big part of Canadian history, the Mm -hmm. feudal, uh, the feudal land system. Yeah. I feel like by the time English and French people got to North America, they were over the feudal thing. No, we had like the French, like the whole French part of Canada. There was like a, a, oh, this is more than anyone wants to know, but there was a whole system of that. So it was part of, it was a part of our Canadian heritage moment, learning about the feudal system. That's why you still love the queen. Mm. I mean... I love her little dogs. <laughs> Not you specifically, but Canadians in general. Yes. I love all the little dogs. I mean, they're, they're very good little dogs. I'm a fan of those. Yes. And why you have the good chocolate. 
Mm. Mm. It's British colonialism. It's like, okay. It's better than American. It's a very Counselor Troy way to look at international relations. They have the good chocolate. That's how you do it. Yes. But do you have a chocolate mother? Uh Not anymore. Oh. (laughs) Vicious. Amazing. Absolutely. Um, So what was... Oh, I guess we've all done our good things already. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the queen. Yes, please do. Um, this was something that I that really got under my skin that I loved, and it'll lead into Tidro's bad things. Okay. I want to I talk. I was reading over your things, and I want to talk about this. Yeah. So the queen of fairyland is a type of evil that I really, really enjoyed. Now, let me, before you go yeah. on with this, let me ask, is this the same character that appeared in Lords and Ladies? I think it is okay because later on in the next like in the next later on in the next book in the, like next in, Tiffany book. In the next book where the queen because she comes back like right. the queen appears we have the character of lankin who is one of the queen's minions mm-hmm. who was, was in, in lords and ladies okay. and is in the next so i think okay because there was so much talk of there being different worlds it's it could very easily have just been a similar type of character from a, another universe that isn't exactly the same and i don't care i'm just wondering if we're supposed to know that this character's been here once and is here again and what, you know what i mean well the the impression i got from the previous books and from this one is that mm-hmm. she comes back all the like she's always looking for an inn right and she's not just coming to our world she's coming or the disc world rather right. she's coming to all the worlds yes. right. and they have raiding parties where right. they steal and they terrorize and all that but i'm wondering if tiffany has just defeated someone that nanny and granny had to combine forces to defeat before i'm not 100% sure if she is the same one, okay. I'll, I'll have a better idea when we read the book where she comes right, back right, right. Uh, again. But I, I think that she is. Okay. So anyways, we've got the Queen of the Fairies. And the type of evil she is, is there's a passage where they talk about what's going to happen to Wentworth, uh, Tiffany's brother, who gets mm-hmm. stolen by the Queen. And the, the, she's talking to the Kelda, the leaders of, of the Feagles. And mm-hmm. the Kelda says... He's not in any immediate danger. Like the queen loves children. Mm-hmm. She thinks she's good with them. Mm-hmm. But what she does is just gives the child what they want. So all Wentworth wants is sweets. Uh, and there's some good bits where he's yelling like, Tidro, you, you do a good, you do a good Wentworth. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> no pressure. We're, all, we're yeah. all staring at you right yeah. now. I want to go to, when he want, got to go to toilet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So he's always asking for sweets, and when no one's paying attention, he says he needs to piss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, the, the, the Kelda says to Tiffany, what's going to happen is the queen's just going to give him what he wants, just mm-hmm. and that's it. She's forever. Not, forever. And she's not going to give him what he needs. So he's going to get sweets and everything he possibly desires, but he's not going to get good food or good advice or guidance or the occasional smack when he's doing something stupid. So he's going to, it's going to maladjust him. This is an idea that Star Trek has tried to explore so mm-hmm. many times and it it comes across so dumb that I've never really gotten it almost any like time. Like the Nexus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, yeah. a bu- and the cage mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things where it's like, and don't worry if you don't know Star Trek, it doesn't matter. Yeah. What I'm saying is this giant franchise has tried to get this idea across so many times and they've only done it right once or twice. It's we... We don't want perfection. We want to struggle. And Mm -hmm. that's not the way to say that. This is the way to get that idea across in a way that it makes sense. It's not that we want to struggle. It's that struggle is good for us. Yes. Um, Whereas like the Nexus in Star Trek, you just get everything you want all the time. Seems fucking amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But you would get bored. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I would not. She want to want a sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I just want everything to go my way. Also. And it would. (laughs) Also, you like elves. I do like so elves. There's that. I'm late for elf practice right now. That is true. You are. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I and and it's also does even if it's not the same character, it does tie into the idea from Lords and Ladies mm-hmm. that they're all superficial. They're right. all it's all glamour and it's all yeah like sparkles and stories and there's no substance to it and there's no life to it. Yeah. 
And right now she's super pissy because her husband left her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the, the king left. And that's something that was in the previous books. And it was from Shake. Like it's yeah. from Midsummer yeah. Night Dream. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just being a bitch to everyone because your husband left is just like the. I mean, this we know this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've met she's all met this person. Yes. But also, I wonder and I don't know that i can speak to this personally but maybe you guys but also maybe not you guys because it's about maternal stuff so uh-huh. as, as women you're more qualified but as childless women maybe not like deliberately childless yeah women. Yeah, like, yeah 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 but yeah. well, what i'm saying is hard like, choice is it is it part of that whole thing that she's also grabbing up more children is it a desperate sort of maternal thing that her her husband's not around anymore or am i reading too much no into that? i think I she know. always has liked children okay yeah yeah because the, the fairy folks steal what they want so right. they steal musicians and they steal children and well, they children steal, love them they yeah. still handsome people yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 but they like they like being you know fond over yeah and children don't see the danger part yet so right. they they love them so so that's the evil the queen represents. And the queen is painted as this terrifying, immensely strong figure. And when it comes to the end of the book, defeating her is nearly impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany tries using her own witch powers, which is her second thoughts. She mm-hmm. def- And then she discovers her third thoughts her third in the thoughts, process. Yeah. yeah. So she outthinks the queen. Then she beats the queen at her own game in the dreams. And then she... Um, Clonks her in the face with a with frying, frying pan. pan. Yep. And which has worked on other monsters. Yes. Then she uses her friends, the Feagles, to help defeat the queen. And mm-hmm. that doesn't work. Then she uses her... Uh, gra- like she gets help from gra- the spirit of Granny Aching mm-hmm. and the- Granny Aching's dogs to help defeat the queen. And that doesn't work. And then finally, she uses the land itself to give her the power of the land and she becomes like this giant like mm-hmm. um like earth goddess figure like a giant woman a giant mm-hmm. woman <laughs> right <laughs> to to expel the queen from the land but she still does she doesn't kill the queen the queen's going to come back like that's the mm-hmm. most a person can do and it still only kind of works and i loved how impossible the task was and mm-hmm. how difficult it was because you get a lot of the time you get these um stories where you talk about the big villain and it's like oh the big villain whatever and then they stab him with a sword yeah. and he's dead well because i'm a hero so obviously i can beat them yeah but show don't tell yeah my black heart yeah um but with the queen it's it's nearly impossible and even at her most powerful tiffany only wins Kind of temporarily, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But this was your this was my bad your thing bad is thing. that it was it it wasn't the process. It was just it just felt a little tedious that it was taking the the climax was forever. The it climax was, yeah, it was, like, like, it was like twenty five percent of the yeah, book. Yeah. yeah, um, and that was a little tedious to me because it was like okay, I defeat you in your world, then I defeat you in a dream, then I defeat you in another dream, then I defeat you in another dream, then I defeat you in another dream, mm-hmm. then I defeat you in my world, but not really. <laughs> and it just <laughs> yeah. kept going. So it's more pacing than than yes. content. Yes. No. The the, the 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 meaning of it is very good, but. Like and it d- didn't bother me a lot. It's hard to pick a bad no, thing. Bad thing. All of our bad things yeah. are nothing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yours was the only bad thing that was fucking anything. Yeah, so <laughs> that's why I want to talk about it. My bad thing is fucking nothing, and so yeah, is his. So is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but I don't. That is the thing I dislike when the when the when the big battle is like mo- like the last half of the movie or right, the last yeah. you know third of the book. It's it's a little annoying to me. Which is but. fair, like because you don't want to just have clang clang sword clang clang yes. sword jump off like fucking Star Trek Two, the new Star Trek Two, <laughs> yeah. where we're following Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, uh, Zach Quinto like yes. running through the town for fucking seventy minutes. They're, they're just the, even the first Avengers movie, like yeah. the last half of it is the battle. And I'm like, I'm gonna go to sleep now, thanks. Um, <laughs> but, but on, on yeah. the other hand, I think, like, you're right as far as pacing and storytelling goes. Yeah. You're right. It does slow things down a little. But I think what he was trying to do from a storytelling perspective was test Tiffany in all of the different witch ways. Like, yeah. each time she defeats her or almost defeats her, yeah. it's showing a different aspect of being a witch and that Tiffany can do that very well. And maybe there were a few too many beats of that. But yeah. I think it was like, each time she adapted and she learned a new thing or she 
called on a new thing she already had. And I like I liked that part of it. The yeah. thing is, normally I would totally be on board with you because pacing issues is something that I that like rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Like where I'm like, okay, move time to move on. Let's yeah, we go, get let's where this go, is going, go. so just enough, jump to it. Enough, yep. enough, enough. This is one of the few times reading a thing like this where I was on board where yeah. I was like yes this needs to be it was like watching Midsummer, which we were talking about earlier yeah. where it's fucking way too long for a horror movie it's goddamn like 17 hours long <laughs> but I felt we needed every minute yes. and I felt the same about this okay I didn't I don't I don't have an opinion I guess because mm-hmm. I'm, th- I'm thinking like yeah you I, make a good point yeah you make I a good point I don't understand what is not having an opinion I, it's, it was one of those things this is one of those books where it's sometimes difficult to judge, is this paced weirdly? Mm-hmm. Is this because it doesn't matter what's happening? I'm like I'm so engaged by the characters, I'm mm-hmm. so engaged by the storytelling that I don't pay attention to the things I usually pay attention to. It's like that kind of leads into your bad thing. Well, yeah, because yeah. the climax where the climax is doesn't matter. I'm still hanging out with Tiffany, who's a yeah. great character. Yeah, I don't care. And yeah, the, the, that's what I was trying to lead into is. This is one of the few, and all of the Tiffany books are like this, one mm-hmm. of the few Terry Pratchett, uh, or Discworld books anyway, I think his other series do, uh, books that use chapters. His Discworld books, which is difficult when you're reading them and you're like, okay, one more chapter and I'll go to sleep mm-hmm. or whatever. And there's no, it just goes and goes and goes. And it's like, oh man, I guess I got to read the whole book. But <laughs> That's happened to me on more than one occasion. Yeah. But the chapter divisions are feel very arbitrary. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, I set a goal of 1500 words for today. I'm done, so I'll finish this sentence, and that's the end of the chapter. It it doesn't... Thief of Time had, like, because it had the tick of the universe. Those ticks were actually pretty good. But those indicated scene changes. Mm-hmm. That's not the same thing as dividing it into scenes or thematically connect. You know what I mean? Like, a chapter should be, like... And again, this is super nitpicky. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, this is all of our bad something. things except Tidros were fucking nothing. But every now and then we'd be in the middle of a big confrontation and the chapter would end. And it's like, that's a weird place to stop. Also, if you were reading to children, you kind of want chapters. Yeah. Like so that you can tell them to go the fuck to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but again, so what? Like it doesn't that that didn't. Yeah. Like lessen. My... It just made you slightly baffled for about a second. Yeah. yeah. And then the action would pick up and I'd go back with all my friends and it was great. And we almost never used it for a scene change. The right. scene usually continued. Like yeah. it would be chapter one. End chapter. Chapter two scene picks up exactly where it took off. But it also didn't end with a like I wrote a lot of sketch comedy for a mm-hmm. while and, and scenes work the same way. You end with a with a punchline with yeah. a button with a with a like this is how it ends and it didn't feel like that it felt just like this is uh. this is I'm done for the minute and the moment and then we'll come back to it yeah and, it felt very know. much like a shrug yeah but also who cares yeah so um so we haven't talked yet about the Nack MacFiegel who are the little blue men who yeah. appeared in Carpe Jugulum and now they're a major part of this book now in later books I will grow very very tired. <laughs> of the Nakmak Fiegel. Um, they are uh, picked seas, which is very funny. Explain uh, to me why that's funny, because I don't know. Because picked is a word for a Germanic tribe in England that, like, like the then, Celts. Yeah, yeah, that then became, I believe, this, like, what is now, mm-hmm. like, the Scottish people. Right. Um, and the We Free Men are, the Fiegels are all Scottish. Like, annoyingly right. so. <laughs> Well, one thing that you and I had talked about uh, early on, way, like way before we did this podcast, mm-hmm. just talking about Discworld, is you had trouble reading like the physical books because it's all the dialect is written out yep. very Scottish and you would have to read it out loud to understand what they were saying. I and, would have to read it out loud to get the joke. Yeah. And in the audiobooks, you have a, a very good narrator yeah. reading it in a good Scottish accent. So it comes across. So that's one of those times where maybe the audiobook is, a, is an advantage. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I read a Tiffany audiobook, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> They're little Scottish guys who fight and yeah. drink a lot. Yeah, but I, in this one, though, like, I want to point out in this one, I really liked them. Yeah. Like, I, I went into this thinking, I know what my bad thing's going to be because I get tired <laughs> of the Feagles <laughs> right away. Well, there's but, five Tiffany books. Yeah, but yeah. I was not tired of them in this at all. They're really funny. They're they're a big part of the story. I think I they might wear down on me as well because mm-hmm. it feels like... There's no reason for them to be a main part of every book, right? right? She was brought into their world and she became part of their culture, but 
the story had a very clear end point. She could have just never seen them again and it would have been fine. Or they could come back as like a nice, hey, remember the last yeah, book of minute. But they're a major part of pretty much all the books. Yeah, they're they're a big part of her supporting cast. Yeah. And so eventually they become sort of like, it feels like the wacky character in a Disney movie. Yeah. Like, um, I don't know, like the dragon, like the Eddie Murphy dragon in Mulan <laughs> or whatever. Like where you just like, okay, that's enough. Right. No, and right now they're doing things for her and they're sort of her introduction into like a greater mm -hmm. world of magic and they help her in a lot of ways and she becomes their queen for a while yeah that bit's really good it is, um yes. she becomes their kelda their leader and part of being kelda is she has to um marry one of them and and then have many many babies she's with them. nine yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also she's like She's like 10 times the size of one of them. <laughs> yeah. No, and I like she's nine, but also she's grown up around on a farm and she knows she how knows, babies yeah, are made. Yeah, and she, knows, like, she, she knows she does not want to yeah, do it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So when she hears what she's, it's not like a naive kid who's like, well, I could get married to the pretty little man. Mm -hmm. No, it's like, no. 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 So what's what are your thoughts on, on the, yeah. the figures? I do also remember getting weary of them later on. Mm -hmm. and But I in this book, I, I just, you know, got that, you know, magical, like, like ooh, these guys, I like them. Yeah, and no. I, I, love, I love when they go, oh, whaley, whaley. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing. There were there were several bits where I heard you laugh out loud. Yep. And <laughs> most of them were Fiegel related. Yep. So. Well, the Fiegels had a lot of good jokes. Yes. They do. And they're scrappy little Scottish guys, but there's enough more to them that there's, they're, you know. Oh, my God. At the end of the book, um, there's one of the Fiegels, Hamish, who, like, rides around on buzzards mm -hmm. to, like, get information. And what he does at the beginning of the book is he just jumps off because Fiegels are hard <laughs> to kill. And it's like an ant jumping off of a high leaf. Yeah. They're small enough that they... They'll they, survive. They'll yeah, but survive. there's... The, they do, it's the cartoon joke where he's, like, embedded in the ground yeah. and they have to pull him out. Yeah. yeah. And... At the end of the book, because um, Tiffany tells him, you know, you could make a parachute. And so he makes a parachute out of her underpants. Well, I love I love the way that plays out yeah. because it's when she's first become Kelda, a bunch of them are a little wary mm -hmm. of the whole thing. And she's like, I heard about this. And she describes a parachute. Yeah. And she's like, so w what do you think? You weren't talking. Well, I was just waiting to hear if you were done. Mm -hmm. That's your idea? Okay, whatever. And it, it sounds like he's just dismissing her because yep. it's stupid. But then he tries it and he's like, this is great. But... It's also but, with her underwear. Yes, so. yes. But it's a funny joke. Like, it's a nice sort of development of her as Kelda. This is another one of the yeah. things that's so many things. It's a development of her being Kelda. It's a funny... Yeah, like, it's an under underwear joke. It's an underpants yeah. joke. Yeah. But then it turns out that these are like the only new nice things yes. she has. Yeah, it's the only sort of girly thing she has because there's a little bit of lace on them and it's pretty. And it's like, I don't have... I work on a farm and I have big muddy boots. This is all I have. And yeah. they were hers and she gives them up because yeah. It, yeah. it helps Hamish so much so he doesn't get hurt. But she's giving up one of her only nice she things. She doesn't like giving it up, but she does it. She does it anyway. That's yeah. a very Tiffany thing. And yes. So it was also this sort of bittersweet. He turned an underpants joke into a bittersweet moment. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Where she earns someone's respect and yeah. has to give up a little bit of her childhood. That's so all very good. good. It's yes, so it's good. Very, very good. Oh, it makes me sad thinking about it. Thinking, I just yep. want to give, I just want to send Tiffany a care package of like some pretty scarves or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, later, like in the, I think the next to last or mm -hmm. last book where she gets a nice dress finally, it's a huge moment. Oh my God, mm -hmm. it's so good. <laughs> now, important question, does it have pockets? Oh yeah, it's gotta have pockets. Oh okay. yeah, she Tiffany would not own a dress without pockets. Of course, don't be ridiculous. With she wants pretty, but she still wants rock. She still wants yeah. practical. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so what was your throwaway so, bad thing? I was introducing the Feagles because it involves them. Yeah, so this is not even a bad thing. Um, there's a character called No As Big As Medium Sized Jock, but Bigger Than We Jock Jock. And the joke is that there's only so many names to go around. Mm -hmm. So this he is... He can't be We Jock because there is one. There he already is one. can't be medium sized. Yeah. So like after you get to the 10th one, you have to get real specific. So he's explaining his name to Tiffany and they say that name like hundred times yeah and this is normally a type of joke that i deeply deeply hate i assumed this would be your bad thing because it is exactly the kind of joke you hate. i hate jokes like this they go on too long it's talking page about filler. pacing yeah. problems fuck me i hate them yep. but honestly the first time this happened it was kind of funny 
Like I mm-hmm. went on a little longer than my particular taste, mm-hmm. but this is a weak as water bad thing because like yeah. it, I thought honestly I thought it was fine. It was just a little annoying. Well, and again, a lot of credit to Stephen Briggs who did the audiobook. Like I've been complaining about him the transition from Nigel Planer to he's, him. He's on point in this book. There's so many I think it's the Ankh-Morpork Pork books more yeah. where he just doesn't have enough voices. There's a big cast and he's only got about 10 voices and he needs mm-hmm. 20 and Nigel Planer had like 20. Yep. But in in these books all the different Scottish guys sound like distinct characters. He mm-hmm. manages to do the same accent but different voices and everyone sounds like what I think they should sound like. It's probably because these are all new characters that he's not taking over. Right. And his Tiffany is very good. Mm-hmm. But um, he sold that joke mm-hmm. in the narration by saying it very fast and very matter of fact, like that's just his name, mm-hmm. which made it funnier to me. Yeah. I just realized, talking about that, Death didn't appear in this book. Oh, that's right. Death didn't appear in this book. I think he appears in later Tiffany books, yes. does he not? But yeah. that may be why this doesn't count as a Discworld book. Because Death appears in all of, all of them. Yeah. Yes. But I think he appears in later ones. Could be. But it's unusual i just realized that's like, weird that's, yeah that's strange but i mean we decided to make this just part of the normal thing so i mean it, the thing is it, it granny's in it it's a yes. Discworld book there's yeah. a whole giant scene with granny weatherwax and nanny Og. of course yeah. it's a Discworld book and possibly a villain that's appeared before mm-hmm. question mark? i think so but it can... it doesn't matter yeah it, we're spending too much time yeah on it. it doesn't matter um so what else um lots of things see. so many things um, oh, we can talk about the dromes. Ah, yes. So in the fairy world, the queen has stolen these creatures called dromes from a different world. And their whole deal is they create a dream that people fall into. Then they eat dream food in this dream and eventually die. And the drome eats them, mm-hmm. which is, that's a very nasty thing for a kid's book. Yeah. Yep. It's good though. Yeah, it's, it's really It's sort good. of like a Grimm's fairy tale, yeah. like what the original fairy tales were kind of thing. And Teeter, describe how they looked because it's like, it's nasty. Uh-huh. They're like slimy snowmen. Yeah, like dough. Yeah, like dirty bread like, dough. Yeah, they were always. They, they, I always get like a sloth-like sort of vibe yeah. from them too. Um, so yeah, I, this is gross. Yeah, I kind of. Oh, yeah. oh, and when they when they uh, when the fegals kill one, it's just like gross goo everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of tuned out. Like we were on a long road trip, and I just I was paying attention to the road mm-hmm. a little more than the book for a second, so I missed their description, mm-hmm. and then drones kept coming up so like i didn't know what to picture honestly yeah so i'm glad we went over that again because i wasn't sure what they look like and there's a really sort of off-putting scene because my favorite type of horror is normal stuff that goes wrong like you open a door and it opens to a place that is not where you were expecting yes mm-hmm. um which has scared me in this very house because we've got two <laughs> doors next to each other we've got a, a door to our basement that should very clearly be the bathroom and you open the door, the stairs, and it's you're trying to go to the bathroom in the night, and uh-huh. it's like then there's the wrong. And then you door, almost fall down the stairs. And you almost uh-huh. fall down the stairs. While you have to pee. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It's fantastic. It's not mm-hmm. good. No, it's really not. <laughs> you need to label that door not <laughs> bathroom, but that would be confused because then you just see bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, but that's my favorite sort of type of horror, and the dromes are that yes. because Tiffany like thinks that she woke up like and then you woke up and it was all over and she's at her farmhouse but it turns out it's a drome dream and there's Mm -hmm. a drome who's her mother and it looks like her mother until suddenly it does not yeah oh it's really good what i like about all of that okay so we we briefly mentioned roland who is Mm -hmm. the baron's son Mm -hmm. who was kidnapped about a year ago he's a meaty idiot he he's a meathead yes yeah it ties in and later a meathead boyfriend i believe uh, it ties into the Mrs. Snapperly story we were talking about before because he disappeared and everyone assumed this old lady who probably was a witch because she yeah. didn't have teeth. And, and she had a cat. Don't forget. She had, she yes, had a cat. Yes. And she was all alone. Yes. So probably the, the Baron's disappeared son was because of her. So probably. They cast her out of her house and let her starve And she to had death. books. Yes. Oh, they burned all those. Yeah. Um, People are terrible. He's. I know. That was so, so good. Like, he. there's a few times in this book where... You want things to go mm-hmm. the right way, but telling it the way it actually would happen is so much more powerful. Yep. Good doesn't always win, and he makes you that very clear. There's there's some stuff at the end with Roland that yeah. te- bothered Tidra, but we started talking about it, and it's like, yeah. well, wait, it's <laughs> if it went the right way, that's like 
that's fantasy in a way that would be unsatisfying yeah. because the world doesn't work that way. Yeah. Well, you're right, but it's no, still I'm not. Gonna... I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it was a, an the, interesting discussion we had. The end of the book is it's great because um, Tiffany doesn't get credit for anything she does. Nope. Uh, because Roland was there, and he's a young prince with a sword, and the story is that he wins and saves the day and saves the the plucky young girl. Yeah, who's who's the hero? The nine year old with a frying pan, or the thirteen year old who had fencing training? Yeah. It's probably him. And but... and his father really pushes the Baron. Really pushes that narrative. <laughs> Not even that. Like he, the Baron doesn't even seem like exactly a bad man. He just has a very, like, set worldview that's just wrong. Yeah. And it didn't even seem, I mean, this is... And it's is... not like Tiffany went and said, hey, no. It was this, me. It was yeah. me. Because yeah. she, doesn't, she doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. Would, would Granny do that? No, of course not. Yeah, exactly. Not. That would be putting herself forward. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but what I, li- what I was going to say, what I liked in the dream world mm-hmm. is that Roland's dream stuff mm-hmm. is all very, like... He went downstairs in the castle once and saw a masquerade ball. And so he sees these terrifying figures in like animal masks Mm -hmm. that are the actual animals. But this is something I picked up on when I was going back through. Tiffany's dream stuff is still grounded in logic. It's not really filtered through a little kid's like she her dreams all have to do with Granny Aching, Mm -hmm. who is a powerful force who really existed. That Mm -hmm. is like sort of her like source of strength kind of thing and then like the the knowledge that her land used to be the sea and using that imagery along with the label of the tobacco that granny Mm -hmm. aching used which was sea like it was all just it was like surreal dream imagery but also from a logical person and i love that and tiffany is not a fantastically imaginative person well right it feeds into the she doesn't believe in stories yeah her first dream is just I'm home. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I, I like that. I mm-hmm. like, and then she almost immediately realizes it's a dream and uses it to her advantage. Yeah, because she's not a soppy little girl who believes fairy tales, and she could have been stuck there forever if she was. And I just, I really like that a lot. And this book uses Moby Dick in a way that's not boring. <clears throat> Seems impossible because it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't have to be about Moby Dick. <laughs> is the yeah, thing. Yeah, but yeah. Also, what took. Melville, 300 pages, this is a single image on a package of tobacco. So that helps. And it ties back into Granny Aching because it's Granny Aching's tobacco. Exactly. And a story that Granny Aching told told Tiffany. Because everything is connected in such a natural, beautiful way. Yeah. But there's all this talk of the chalk. Mm -hmm. And Tiffany knowing that the chalk is tiny little seashells Mm -hmm. from the ancient world when everything was under the sea mm-hmm. and that ties into the sailor which ties into the you know it, oh, it's so good. and it also ties into tiffany because tiffany is described as a piece of flint which is like a hard type of rock that you find in soft rock mm-hmm. she is this hard stone person yeah mm-hmm. that you wouldn't expect to find there I didn't get all the talk of like Miss Tick talking about how you need rock for a witch. Like mm-hmm. this hasn't really come up in Terry Pratchett's no, version of witches before, and so it confused me because I thought I'd followed all the mythology so far, and this was a huge part of it that then at the end ended up being bullshit anyway. But it was a new it was a new thing. Like yeah, the, like Miss Tick has this very strong idea that a witch needs to be born someplace with hard, solid ground. Yeah, that didn't make any sense yeah. to me at all. Well. Well, I mean, witches are generally earth magic, so yeah. I mean, but I just assumed that was what but that these, was. But yeah. I understand you guys understand like fantasy way better than I do. Yeah. But the witches that I am familiar with are these ones. This and is new. Yeah, there's yeah. never oh, yeah, been yeah, any yeah. mention of any of that. So it's like, what are you this talking seems about, just like lady? Mis- Mystic has some weird ideas yeah. in her head. Yeah. And Granny says that she's like, "Are you kidding? Chalk is a great place for a witch. Shut up." And, yeah, also, okay. there's like stuff under the chalk. Well, right, 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 right. It's right. not yeah. like the chalk is just goes down to the center of the earth. You mean you mean down to the turtle? Down to the turtle. turtle. Down the turtle to the turtle of the earth of the yes. earth. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> forgot what world I was on uh-huh. for a second. Well, it, there. You know, this is very focused on a small part of the discord. It is easy. I had this thought a couple of times. Okay. It is easy to forget that this is the same world that Rincewind is running around in, and that you know. <laughs> well, this does like you could read this book. 
without reading any other Discworld yeah, books. Yeah, absolutely. Could. And honestly, I've recommended this to some people who just want to read a Discworld book yeah. because this is standalone. You don't need any knowledge of the rest of the Discworld books. No, to... the only extra thing you get is knowing how important Granny is when she shows up. Yeah, and they... that comes across anyway. Yeah, they say... But it, it, that adds a little. Other than that, there's no continuity. There's no story points you need to know at all. Just some character stuff. But yes, it's, it's, it is a very good sort of standalone thing, I would say. Yeah, like you could just read this book mm-hmm. and you get a little more out of it if you've read the previous books, but you don't yeah. need to, which is no. weird because this is book, what, like 30? 30. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, this, is, this is the one that I usually recommend to people. Like, where should I start? If you like this... Then go back. Well, we've talked before about the things he does well, and mm-hmm. sometimes he'll do one of them well, but they're not blended well. But, like, this is, this has huge heart. Like, more than mm-hmm. maybe any book so far, this book has so much heart. And it has so much to say about so many things. It's got all the thematic stuff. It's mm-hmm. got all his humanism stuff, but it's also very funny. And it's got fairy tale stuff, which, and, yeah. and the power of stories, which right. is one yeah. of my favorite thing about Terry Pratchett. But sometimes he'll mix these in the wrong proportions yeah. and it'll be like, oh, these are all jokes. Where are the characters? Where's where's the heart? Or it'll just be character stuff and it'll be like, well, this is pretty good, but it's not really funny. It's not funny. It's not, yeah. yeah. This had... All the things yep. mixed in the correct order, this I think. This is a Terry Pratchett book yeah. down to its boots. It's like the shining example of what he's capable yeah. of. And it's so, 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 so good. And like I said, like, I recommend this because you can get all of that and you don't need to have read 30 books to yeah. get this. That right. makes sense. Which yeah. I don't know that there's another. Well, I don't know that there are tons of series that had 30 books. I'm no. sure there's a few. But I don't know that there's many you could pick up at book 30 and just be like, yeah, this yeah. is a good world I might want to learn more about. Yeah, you get him at his best where he's been practiced, yeah. but it is also accessible. Yeah. Right. Uh, what else? Um, I'll do my quote. Okay. Um, so this is long. You guys are lucky you didn't get the Baron's dog story. <laughs> that is a very, very good story. So one of my favorite moments of the book is baby Tiffany goes to a fair and wins a China Shepherdess oh, for Granny Aching. Yes. And it's this beautiful, beautiful statue of a shepherdess that doesn't exist in real life. And Tiffany agonizes over it because as an as not an adult, but like as more of a, a grown up person, she realizes that's terrible because I'm saying this beautiful fantasy is what Granny Aching should be, yeah. not what she actually was mm-hmm. and it's she she it, it she agonizes is what she thinks about before she goes to bed at night yeah i wish i hadn't done this but i still wonder if that's her perception if it ever actually bothered granny aching well, or that's, if it's just that's that's my quote okay okay um so at the end of the book granny aching's ghost or presence or whatever comes to help tiffany mm-hmm. defeat the queen um and she gets the two dogs there to help route the queen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, out of breath, glowing with triumph, Tiffany watched until the dogs came back and settled once again on the turf. And then she remembered something else. It didn't matter what order she gave those dogs. They were not her dogs. They were working dogs. Thunder and lightning didn't take orders from a little girl. And the dogs weren't looking at her. They were looking just behind her. She'd have turned if someone had told her a horrible monster was behind her. She'd have turned if they said it had a thousand teeth. She didn't want to turn around now. Forcing herself was the hardest thing she'd ever done. She was not afraid of what she might see. She was terribly, mortally frightened, afraid to the center of her bones of what she might not see. She shut her eyes while her cowardly boots shuffled her around, and then, after a deep breath, she opened them again. There was a gust of jolly sailor tobacco, and sheep and turpentine. Sparkling in the dark, light glittering off the white shepherdess dress, and every blue ribbon and silver silver buckle of it was Granny Aching, smiling hugely, radiant with pride. One hand held the huge ornamental crook, hung with blue bows. She pirouetted slowly, and Tiffany saw that while she was a brilliant, sparkling shepherdess from hat to hem, she still had her huge boots on. Granny Aching took her pipe out of her mouth and gave Tiffany the little nod that was from her a round of applause, and then she wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. It's and again, it's so many things. Yes. Yep. I was if if it wasn't part of your quote, I was going to mention the mm-hmm. bit where she was more scared to turn around. Yes. Oh god. Because uh, she's Tiffany. Yep. Yeah. And she always fights the bad thing and yes. she always does the hard thing. Yes. But for her, like late earlier in the book she learned like the shepherds leave tobacco as an offering. Oh to yeah, Granny. and then Nack McFeagle are taking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she finds out 
And she's not mad at the Nagmec Fiegel, but she's devastated. It's like when you find out Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. She really oh. wants to believe in Santa Claus. But <laughs> but then, in very in true Tiffany fashion, once she realizes it's part of this practical ecosystem of yeah. the Fiegels are being basically paid to do to do their part to yeah. protect the chalk, it's like, oh, that that's okay then. Yeah, it makes me sad that Granny's not actually a ghost, but come on. No, no, no field is haunted. Yes. <laughs> That's not a thing. But, and it's helping the Fiegels who help us. So it's all good. Yeah. But it's, it's still magic even when you know how it's. Yes. yes. And what I love is there's a, this comes up a bunch when various witches find out that the Fiegels are helping her with her chores. Mm-hmm. They're just like, what? These mm-hmm. these little rowdy bastards who steal people's livestock and their liquor. You gave them milk? <laughs> well, there's that. But there's also, they're sweeping up the stable mm-hmm. and collecting the eggs and like filling up the, the water buckets. And like, you got them to do your, how? Mm-hmm. How did you do that? She I, saw them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean. But they respect her. Yes. And she doesn't. And they respected Granny Aching. Yeah. That's the thing is they yeah. see her as like the, the mm-hmm. next iteration. Yeah. Of, the like, Hag of the Hills. Yeah. I, I love that. Hag of the Hills. Yeah. yeah. Love it. And at the end of the book, we were talking about um, Roland comes to uh, talk to Tiffany. <laughs> Fucking Roland. <laughs> Fucking meathead. Mm-hmm. He comes to her. So, firstly, kind of to apologize, but he's coming to apologize because he feels guilty and wants to feel better about his guilt. Yes. Also, he kind of wants to make sure she doesn't make a fuss. Yep. Yeah. Because he gets all the credit for everything she did yeah. while he was knocked out for most of the time. Yeah. And so, yeah, he wants to make sure that she's not going to say anything. Right. Yeah. And he feels guilty, so he wants her to tell him he doesn't have to feel guilty, yes. which is not the same as being sorry for something. Nope. Mm-hmm. And uh, she basically uses it to blackmail him and say, <laughs> you're going to be a good baron, right? Because mm-hmm. I'll always be there and I'll know. Mm-hmm. I'll know this. And then he gets a little snippy with her. And then she uses the Fiegels to fill the water pail, which looks like magic. Yeah. Even though it's not. Yeah. yeah it's just a blue blur and yeah. suddenly the bucket's filled. Yeah. But to Roland, it looks like magic. And for her, it's magic, even though you know how yeah. it's done. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So good. And that's like, oh. mm. Yep. So much. But my quote is mm-hmm. early in the story. There's a, there's a bunch of examples of just how, like, uh, sensible she is. Yep. There's a bit where when she's rescued Wentworth and they're out in the in the, the sea and the, the whale comes and he says, big fishy. And she, <laughs> well, actually. But, mm-hmm. and then she beats herself up for like, come on, he's a kid and he just said a new word mm-hmm. and he's excited about something that isn't sweets. But then she's like, no. I wouldn't be me if if I just let. And, and isn't this? I have another quote for this. But isn't that basically yes. that that passage there? It's it's a little bit after that, but yeah. Okay, it's, but it's her talking like talking to herself about how she shouldn't be like upset with herself. Yeah, for she can well ask, actually people. all she wants. Yes, she, that's her. Right. Yeah. It says, "Yes, I'm me. I am careful and logical, and I look up things that I don't understand. When I hear people use the wrong words, I get edgy. I am good with cheese." I read books fast. I think. And I always have a piece of string. That's the kind of person I am. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. And that echoes Miss Tick because Miss Tick is a deeply annoying character. Yes. She's very teachery. Yes. And that's the first person that Tiffany meets who has some of her qualities and it's like, okay. Yeah. She's like, oh no, what if I'm like Miss Tick? And then she's like, Psh. and okay. What do you, yeah. That fine. whole first scene of them together is so good because there's, they're answering each other's questions and they're sizing each other up at the same time. They're they're so clearly trying to get a feel for are you are you a threat? Are you fucking with me? Are you yeah. trying to cheat me? What are you all about? Are you actually as strong as you appear to be? <laughs> and we've seen Granny Weatherwax do this a lot too, where yeah. it's like the conversation you're having is not exactly the con- you know, it's two witches sizing each other up and it's very good maybe but, it's because i finished the all you know i've read all the books but it uh, when i read that when i read it this time it was like oh tiffany is is so much better than mystic like, I, infinitely i mean she is <laughs> but um but my quote is from nearly the beginning actually just before uh they meet um there's these roving uh teachers who come around to I the, love this so to the villages um, and it makes sense in the in the world that Terry Pratchett's created, which is basically medieval England. Right. Th- these farm people, like, how would Tiffany know some of the things she knows? How, like, there's two books on the farm. Well, three. Like, there's the fairy tale book, and then there's the almanac, and then there's 
the dictionary. She bel- she oh, okay. Those, so there's four. And then the dictionary. Yes. So how would she know a lot of the things she knows? It's because these teachers come around and you basically, you pay them with like food. Like you get an egg's worth of education. You get a carrot's worth of and whatever. they're like peddlers who would come around yeah. and fix your pots or, or whatever. Yes. And I don't know if this was a real thing in the real world. I hope it was because it's, it's a neat thing. It's, it's a neat idea that they would go around teaching children who wouldn't normally get an education. I don't think it is, but it feels like it could be. Yeah. It should be. It should have been, rather, because mm-hmm. I like I like that. Um, but she's making her way through this sort of, like, I, I pictured as sort of a tent town mm-hmm. that, like, completely disappears in a day. Um, and there's there's various... A bunch uh, of wagons. Yeah, yeah, everyone's set up with their, with their little thing and, like, hey, I'll teach you geography. I'll teach you history, whatever. Uh, so she's walking through. Hello, little girl, he said, which was his first, only his first big mistake. <laughs> I'm sure you want to know all about hedgehogs, eh? I did this one last summer, said Tiffany. The man looked closer and his grin faded. Oh, yes, I remember. You asked all those little questions. I would like a question answered today, said Tiffany. Provided it's not the one about how you get baby hedgehogs, said the man. No, said P- Tiffany patiently. It's about zoology. Zoology, eh? That's a big word, isn't it? No, actually it isn't, said Tiffany. Patronizing is a big word. Zoology is really quite short. Ah, oh, so good. Yep. And that's like in the first chapter, like you get a sense of who she is immediately. Right away. And why that teacher does not like her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But she's nine. She's annoying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What you want best in your children is for them to ask constant questions. I mean, you do. Well, you do and you don't. (laughs) It's good for them, but it gets to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why none of us want kids, Mm because it's too much work. (laughs) So much work. Yeah. Um, But that's. Pretty, I mean, I could go on for hours. Uh, this is another book main... I could talk about for yeah. a thousand years. Teacher, do you have anything? Uh... I have one more quote that I like. Yes, please do. Yep. One more little quote. Read us the whole book if you like. It doesn't have to be a little one. It's just this. Okay. You could spend a day looking at a flower to see how wonderful it is, and that wouldn't get the milking done. Yeah. That's Tiffany right there. Yep. All right. So for our cliche count, almost none of any of them. No gingerlies, no uh, surreptitious, no quantums. One, something that happened to other people. But this book is the dawn. This mm-hmm. is the beginning of the susuration. Mm-hmm. This is, I, I almost asked, like, because it was your suggestion to include that in the list. And I was like, that shouldn't count because of this book. Because she makes a point of like, this is a cool word I learned right. in the dictionary. And she says it uh, seven times. It comes up seven times. And that's why... I don't know that it's a cliche. This it's just breaks a... the egg open, though. And from here on in, yes. I think we see Susurus used a lot. But it's it's more of a joke than it is a, a crutch that he leans right. on like some of the others. It's not like a, a word that he uses too much. It's a, this little girl learned a big word and loves it. And I bet as as very literate kids, all of us had that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like you learn a word and that's the only word you use for a week. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's that's a very specific kid thing, which I like. She learns the word gibbous, and I remember when I learned the word gibbous, and it's the same. <laughs> oh, it's like, even more specific. Yeah, then. that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so grades, uh, Deidre. What is your grade system? You know what it is. It's a it's a school grade system. Oh it's well, a... okay. Then I give it a. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I... The, like like Fonzie. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> Amanda? I also give it an A. It is very nearly perfect. Yeah. I straight up thought it was perfect. As, yeah. I mean, no, it wasn't perfect. No work of art is completely perfect, but it's this is there's probably going to be like five books in this series where I just say yep. it's, it's not going to get any better than this. A+. Plus. Just straight up A+. Plus. We couldn't find bad things. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh, it made me cry. It touched me it made me think of things it did all the stuff i want from a terry pratchett book Mm -hmm. he could not have done it any better than this a plus amazing such a good book so good uh any final thoughts tidra this is your only chance while you're here anything else about discworld you want to say or any i like discworld (laughs) (laughs) well why don't you we because we so rarely have guests why don't you tell the people what, what you get up to, like what, what you're all about? Oh, I make a lot of things. Um, I make soap. I make devil horns. Um, you I, made me a puppy bouquet. I did make you a puppy bouquet. I make mm-hmm. custom things. For, I made your wedding bouquet yeah, out of non-flowers. Yep. Yeah, it's like a cyber, or no, like a steampunk. Yeah, I don't care for flowers. Yeah, so I made you a non-flower mm-hmm. um, Something thing. she could carry that was the size of a bouquet, but that was mm-hmm. something she liked. Yes. 
Um, it was made of dead things. It was yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you can find the stuff I make at uh, bunnybubbles.com or um, bunnybubbles.etsy.com. Her stuff is all really good. Yes, I, it is. No other soap do I use except Tidro soap. <laughs> I've been spoiled for other soap. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. I've same. got some great horns. She's made. She made me a a crown of like uh, unicorn horns, a black <laughs> one for like a wicked queen outfit. Like mm-hmm. she can make anything. <laughs> yes. Very good. Please check that out. All right. So next time. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me, and I don't know what book 31 is, but I think it's Monstrous Regiment. Let me just pull the list up, and I will just... Uh, there, You know, there's two of you. I don't have to do all the talking right now. I just figured you were going to cut this out. Yeah. Uh, okay. Monstrous Regiment is the next one. This one will be interesting because we had very different thoughts going into it mm-hmm. 10 years ago than we may have now. Like I didn't care for it the first time I read it. The same. second time, I liked it quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm very curious what my feelings are going to be. It, it sort of touches on some themes that yeah. are, we think a little differently about now than we did yeah. when it came out. So yeah, that, that should be interesting. Uh, but that's all for this time. So, this has been a co-production of Ron Aglarwad and Amanda Smith for Algar Productions and Giant Black Albatross, copyright 2019 and 2021. For full archives, RSS feed, and more details about us, visit thedeathofpodcast.com. And for access to our show notes, bonus photos, advanced copies of episodes, and even the opportunity to pick something for us to review, consider a donation at patreon.com slash algar. That's A-A-L-G-A-R. Thanks for listening. <laughs>